Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here this evening, Lord, and I pray that these people that have gathered, Lord, to hear your word will uh, be fed tonight, Lord. I pray that you would um, that you bless me as I speak, Lord, your words, and Lord, I pray that I would not fear the people, Lord, but just preach the word and uh, just uh, preach what you've you've given me, Lord, and uh, not be afraid necessarily of what the, the message is or whether... I think it meets people's needs or not. Let me just preach your word, Lord, as you've prepared it in me. And I pray, Lord, that uh, your people will be blessed, Lord, and built up through uh, the word of God tonight. And um, all this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Jeremiah, chapter 4. Jeremiah 4. If we could have everybody standing up, and we'll read when I get there. Jeremiah chapter 4. And starting in verse 4, and we'll read through to verse 9. So Jeremiah chapter 4. We'll start in, start in verse 3. Um, we'll read alternately I'll start with verse 3 For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and to Jerusalem Break up your fellow ground and sow not among thorns Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the first skins of your heart Ye men of Judah and the of Jerusalem Let us fury come forth like fire and burn Declare ye in Judah, and publish in Jerusalem, and say, Blow ye the trumpet in the land. Cry, gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves, and let us go into the defense cities. Set up a sign Zion, retire, stay not. For I will give you of the The lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate, and thy cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. Together. And it shall come to pass that the days of the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish, and the heart of the princes and the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. All right, you can be seated. All right, so today I'll be uh, preaching mainly on uh, the circumcision of the heart and putting off the flesh, uh, putting off the flesh in our hearts. Um, if we go to Romans, just briefly, Romans two twenty-five. Romans 2.25 And it says, For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. 
Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the right, if the uncircumcision keep the righteous of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And the other one, I want to just, I don't know, just, just go from there. So circumcision doesn't. Um, the old circumcision that they used to do, it doesn't mean that that they are saved because of what they do in the flesh. And do, doing that is, is works, and that's not going to save them. We've got to be circumcised in the heart, not just not just well, not physically, but circumcised in the heart. We've got to put off the the flesh in our heart, and we've got to put off the pride in our earthly desires and we've got to follow God. If we go to James four, just um, James four and just keep your place in Romans, we'll be back in Romans in a minute. James four. James four and in verse four it says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know not uh, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whatsoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So we've got to circumcise our hearts, as it were. We've got to put off the flesh in our hearts. Because know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? And, you know, we, we, uh, we are the children of God. We are saved by His blood. But... We've got to put off the flesh in our hearts if we want to walk with God. We've got to put off our ways and put on God's ways and be clothed in His righteousness. Back in Romans, Romans 6, this time in verse 11. Romans 6, verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead, indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Just read the last one again. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey the lusts thereof. Put off the old flesh. Um, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 6 this time, I'm going back to Jeremiah, but in chapter 6, and uh, in verse 10, verse 10 it says, To whom are, and I'll, I'll read all the way down to you, I'll just, uh, it's a fair bit of reading here, but I'll just um, see where we get to. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised. So the ear is now uncircumcised. Not, uh, it's not saying about putting off the, the. It's not talking about circumcising the heart now, but it's saying, behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary. Withholding, I am weary. Withholding in, I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of the young men together. For even the husband with the wife shall be taken, 
the aged with him that is full of days. And their houses shall be turned into others, and their fields and their wives together. For I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, every one is given to covetousness, and from the prop and pro and from the prophet, even unto the priests, every one dealeth falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughters of my people slightly, <coughs> saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, but they, they were not ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore... Therefore they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand in the ways, and see, and ask of the old paths. There is of there, where is the good way, and walk therein. And ye shall find rest in your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I said a watchman over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But ye said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, that is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor unto my law, but rejected it. To whom purpose cometh there, to, yeah, to what purpose cometh there to me increase of Sheba, and the sweet cane from a far country. For your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. Therefore saith the Lord, Behold, I will lay a lay stumbling box before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them, the neighbour and his friend shall perish. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, and a great nation shall rise from the sides of the earth. So there's a bit that we can get out of this, and I don't know whether I'll do it too much justice tonight, but in verse 10 it says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised. And we're talking about before about the heart being, uh, about circumcision of the heart and putting off the flesh and the, the worldly ways in your heart. Well, this is saying here, there, behold, their ear is uncircumcised. Their ear is still got the old flesh way in it. The ear is still looking for the things of the world. The ear is still, you know, they're not. They don't find it pleasing to hear preaching. They don't find it pleasing to hear the word of God. They find it, as it says here, to them the word of God. It says, behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have not delighted in it. And that's the state of this country. This country here is full of people like this. And the church houses are full of people like this. And let us not be like these people. Let us not have the flesh way in us. Let us put off the old man. Let us not desire even to hear the things of the old man. Let us delight in the word of God. When the word is preached, let us sit attentively and listen to it. So many of us are excited when the rugby is on. Well, I don't really watch it anyway, but um, it was just the other night, uh, the Blues and Crusaders. But so many of us are excited with sports like basketball 
But are we excited when we hear the word of God? Does it mean anything to us when the word of God is preached? When we sit at home with our Bible, do we read it? Do we delight in it? It's a sad state if the church just delights in the worldly things and wants to hear of you know, the basketball and wants to hear. In those things, there's not necessarily anything wrong with the sport itself. But do we desire to hear that more than the word of God? Is the word of God a reproach to us? If the word of God is a reproach to us, and if we don't delight in the word of God, our heart and our ears are still full of the flesh. And it says in verse 11, Therefore I am full of fury, I am full of the fury of the Lord, I am weary with holding in. I will pour out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of the young men together, even as husbands with their wives. You'll never live a successful life as a Christian, and God will be your enemy if you, are, uh, if you have friendship with the world. It says that if you have friendship with the world, you are an enemy of God. Let us put off the flesh. Let us not delight in the, uh, in the ways of the world and in our old ways. Let us put on the righteousness of God. It says here, down in verse, uh, verse 15, it says, or verse 14, it says, uh, They healed also the hurt of my daughter, of my people, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. We find ourselves in a conflict sometimes, in a strait. We want to do what God wants us to do, but our flesh doesn't want us to do that. Our flesh is always going to fight against what God wants us to do. And we'll say, peace, peace, everything's all, all right, never mind, we'll just sweep it aside and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be all right, God will forgive us. But God won't always um, use us the way he planned to use us. He won't be able to use us to the full potential. We'll just be building our lives out of hay and stubble. And when we come before God, these things will be consumed because they are vain. But the things that will last are the things, doing the things for God. It says here in verse 15, they were ashamed. Uh, sorry, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Are you ashamed when you, when you commit sin? Because these people, these people of this country, it says here, were they ashamed? Nay, they were not ashamed, neither could they blush. They don't care for the things of God anymore. They don't even regard Him. Neither could they blush. But we are the church. We are God's people. Thus saith the Lord, Stand in the way and see and ask of the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein and stand, uh, sorry, and ye shall find rest for your souls. He, uh, but they said, We will not walk therein. Will you say like those people, I will not walk in the ways of God? Will you harden your hearts now and not listen to the words of God? Or will you seek out the old ways? Will you seek out the old ways and walk therein? There's one thing, finding the word of God and reading the word of God. But will you, once you've found the word of God, will you walk therein in the old ways? Will you walk therein? In First uh, John, it's um, 
just go to First John quickly. It's not in the notes, so we'll just just cover it quickly. And then chapter one. So we'll just uh, show you where I'm going with this. The comparison it says here in uh, Jeremiah six sixteen. It says here, and you walk and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. In First uh, John, in chapter one. Verse 4, it says, These things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. These things aren't written unto you to beat you over the head. These things aren't written, and we're not speaking these things to pull you down and say you're not good enough because you, just like me, haven't kept the, the law as perfectly as we, even ourselves, wish that, even ourselves, we wish that we'd kept the law of God better than we have. And we've let ourselves down and we've let God down. But these things here are not spoken to you to beat you down, but to lift you up. These things write up we unto you, that your joy may be full. And over in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My little children, uh, sorry, my, yeah, my little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Back to Jeremiah, chapter 6 kind of a rabbit trail in chapter 6. It says here in 17, Also I set a watchman over you. God has set a pastor over us. He has set a watchman over us, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. God, God has set a man of God over us, and the trumpet is sounding, warning of, of the coming enemy. It is warning of certain destruction, and if there is an action, there is destruction. If we do not listen to the word of God, to the gospel, if we don't listen to the trumpet when pastor or the preacher blows the trumpet, warning us that there is destruction coming, if we will not hear the gospel, then we will be wiped out. Then there will be destruction. It says, it says here the, about uh, the watchman here blowing the trumpet, and he's saying, Arise, arise, retire to the um, to the fortress. Get back in Jerusalem, you know. Uh, get out of the fields. Get in the defense city. Take up the flocks and go to the defense city. There is going to be certain destruction, and if you don't listen to the preacher, if you don't listen to the gospel, you will be destroyed. If you don't listen to God you will be destroyed. It says that the liars and the unbelieving will have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah chapter 3 now, this is a very similar state to our country in uh, in verse 5 to 8. It says, Will he reserve his anger forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, thou hast spoken and done evil things as thou couldest. This country is doing the the best they can to do the worst they can. This country is not regarding God at all. I haven't been working this week, actually. I haven't told anybody yet, um, or you guys, but I'm doing what they call jury service, and I'm not... um, haven't been selected for a trial yet, but basically we go to court and I'm part of the team that decides whether they're guilty or not. I haven't been, haven't been selected for a case. It's randomly selected. But I've been in court and I've been sitting in that room every day 
waiting for the call, you know, waiting for that for my name to be called out. And while we're sitting in that room, there's three TVs around the room, and you just can't get away from what is being presented in front of you on the TV. You know, I try to put something on my phone to distract me from what's going on in the TV. But, well, I haven't watched TV in a long time. I heard one preacher one time call... In, in New Zealand, we call the, TV, the television TV because uh, it's the, the initials T and V for television. In England, they call it telly, telly, just the first bit. But I've heard a preacher one time call it the Hellavision. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> the Hellavision. Wow, the stuff that was on there the other just even today. Such witchcraft. Just leave there feeling sick. It's like witchcraft, like actual witches and wizards are like doing their thing and making potions. and That's what people are watching these days. And it says here, that behold, thou hast spoken and done, e- done evil things as thou couldst. If you have thought of an evil way, or if you have thought of an evil thing to do, this country is doing it. The Lord said also unto me in the days of, jo- of Joshua the king, sorry, I pronounced it wrong, Has thou seen that which backsliding Israel has done? See, she has gone out upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, turn thou unto me. But she returned not, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. You know, everybody uh, goes, America, America. America is so great and so free, and everybody wants to follow what America's doing, even here in New Zealand. But America has gone the way of the world. America, you know, hopefully they'll turn back. And we ought to pray for uh, the nations and pray for New Zealand also that we turn back and follow and seek out the old paths and stand therein and walk therein. But America is going the way of sodomy, going the way of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they're leading their people to hell. They've been treacherous, but worse still, their treacherous sister, New Zealand, looks at America and doesn't fear God. And New Zealand is, going, is following America's example, even into hell. The ways, the ways of the world lead to destruction, and we know by the word of God that America, and in general, not, not the whole of America, but America is not walking with God anymore. But we don't fear that. We don't fear the destruction that God, is, that God will bring upon his enemies. We don't fear that America is walking against God. Instead, we go and walk that way ourselves. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the mighty God. In um, Samuel, First Samuel, this is again like this country. Let it not be like us. First Samuel twenty-five.
And uh, again, this might be a bit of a long reading, starting in verse 5. I'll try and preach quick. And David sent out ten young men. And David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall thou say unto him, unto him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thy house, and peace unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers. Now their shepherds which were with us, we heard them not, neither was there aught missed out of them, all the while that they were in Carmel. Ask thy young men, and they will show thee whatsoever. Wherefore, let the young men find favour in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh unto thine hand, unto thy servant and thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David and, and ceased. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants now, uh, servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread, my water, and my flesh that I have killed for my shearers, and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him of all those things. And David sent unto his young, said unto his young men, Gird ye on every man his sword, and they girded on every man his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And there went after David about four hundred men, and two hundred abode with the stuff. And I'll just uh, summarise the next next little bit. Uh, so, one of the one of Nabal's servants told Abigail, his wife, Nabal's wife, uh, of these things. And Abigail came and entreated David. And came in, uh, she came in haste with two loaves and uh, sorry with two hundred loaves and two and two bottles of wine and five sheep and ready dressed and she came down and she entreated David and asked David to turn back and said uh, uh, please please forgive us and it says here. Um, In 23, And when Abigail saw David, she hastened and lightened off the ass, and fell down before David upon her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and fell at his feet, and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine attendance, and hear the words of thy handmaid. Let not thy Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, as his name is, so is he. Noble is his name, and folly is with him. But I then, but thy handmaid saw not the young men of thy Lord whom thou didst send. So she entreated David, and it says in uh, thirty-five. So David received of her the hand, of her hand, that which she had brought to him, brought him, and said unto her, Go in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice. And have accepted thy person. So that's just to cut it short. You can you can read the parts in the middle.
near in time. But it says here, and I just want to draw some comparisons to Christ. If we consider the fact that David is going to be the future king in Israel at this time, well, Christ is going to come as king. And it says here that David sent men ahead to talk to, to Nabal. And God has come in Christ and given us the gospel, or fulfilled the gospel, because it was preached, the gospel was preached before Christ, but Christ fulfilled the gospel. And the gospel is now preached to us, and it says, um, like so many people in the world, it says, um, And Abel answered David's servants and said, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away from his master. So many people don't realize the importance of God. They don't care for Jesus Christ. They say, Who is Jesus? And who is God? And they don't listen. So why should I sacrifice my time for God when I've got um, my own things to do, my own agenda? Why should I give up what I was planning to do before? Who is God? But when God comes back, or when you die, you will be judged by the word of God, which is the sword. The word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And so when God comes back the second time, he will gird on his sword, and so will all those that follow him. And you will be judged by the sword if you reject God. And if you stand before God because you die before, before Christ comes back, you will still be judged by the word of God, and the word of God will not change. The word of God has said that every liar shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. That is the word of God. The word of God has said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. But you have to believe. If you do not believe... It also says in that verse in, in Revelations 21.8, it says that the unbelieving, so if you don't believe, it says the unbelieving shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ, not in what we do. But we also must entreat for our, for our brothers and sisters, particularly our family. Actually, I want to just make this other comparison here. Before I, do, before I do that, David sent his men down and asked for food. Asked for food for these people uh, from, from, from Nabal. And it's like Revelations, uh, Revelations is it 3 verse 20. And God comes and knocks at the door of our hearts and says, If you open the door unto me, then I shall come unto you and sup with you. And you with me, saith the Lord. Something very similar to that. So if you will accept Christ, then Christ will come and, and sup with you. And he will give you spiritual food. And you will walk with God. 
But if you if you will not accept Christ, if you not open the door to Christ, then Christ will then you will be judged by the sword when Christ comes back. Same with David. David was the future king, just like Christ is the future king, or he is king, but he's coming back to take ownership and authority as king. When he comes back, he's not coming as saviour, he's coming as judge, and you will rule with a rod of iron. When he comes back, he'll have on him a sword. And in Revelations, Revelations 19... In verse 13 it says, And he was clothed, this is Christ, and he was clothed with vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed with fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth goeth a sharp sword. This is when Christ comes back. So it's like the same with David. David was the future king, and and he came back, with a sword because these people would not listen to him and when Christ comes back it will be with the sword and the armies of heaven followed him should imagine that would be more than 400 and 200 with the stuff but the comparison is still there Christ will come back the second time and when he does uh, you better hope that you are on the winning side and it's not just hope that you're on the winning side. It says in, in John, 1 John 5, 13, uh, starting in verse 11, these, this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And going back to the story, Abigail went, went to David and she entreated to David, forgive us, forgive us and forgive Nabal for what he has done. And we need to intercede for the people around us, particularly those people in our families, in our churches. You know, it would be a shame. It's a shame for anybody to have to die and go to hell because they don't believe. But even more a shame if those people are of our household and we neglected to entreat for them. We neglected to go as Abigail did to David and say, forgive, the fam- forgive them, forgive my family, forgive these people for what they have done. Wouldn't it be a shame, you know, these people have been in our church, and there may be cases like that, people go to the church for 30 years, but they don't believe, and they die and they go to hell, because they did not believe. But we also do not pray for them, we did not intercede for them. We did not show any sign of worry or care. We did not fear God. We did not take the word of God seriously. I was actually driving back from Wellsford last Sunday morning, early in the morning, 
and it was still dark, and the mist, it was misty, and it was, yeah, it was foggy, and it had been raining, and the road was wet, and it reminded me of a story that I'd heard from a preacher sometime, and this preacher, it wasn't the preacher that was talking, but the, the story was that there was this preacher, and he was driving along a long bridge in America, and it was foggy, and it was raining, and it was dark. He could hardly see very far ahead of him, so he was going slow. But he could see in his, in his headlights in the distance somebody standing in the middle of the road. And he knew just down on the other side of the bridge there, in the, there was like a, a mental institute. And he thought, somebody's probably just escaped. You know, why is somebody walking in the middle of the road in the, in the dark? This guy's crazy. So he changed his lane. And the guy stepped in front of his car. And so he was forced to stop. And he says, what are you doing standing out here in the middle of the road? And he's wa- the guy was waving his arms, you know, what are you doing out here like that? And he said, I was coming the other way, and I saw that the bridge was out. The bridge was collapsed, and I saw a bus go over the edge. And so I was warning you to stop, because you were just about to, you were just about to go over the edge yourself. And he was standing out there in the dark, waving his arms, saying, stop, stop, stop. You know, you're going to go over the edge. We can see that, he could see that there was a fault in the bridge. The bridge was out. But do we take hell seriously like that? We can see that there's going to be certain destruction for the people. But we won't stand, you know, we're afraid to make fools out of ourselves. We're afraid to tell even the people around us that the bridge is out. The bridge is out. If we, if we uh, treated hell as real, you know, one Jehovah's Witness said to, to an evangelist, they'd been speaking for a while, and he said, if, if I believed hell was as real as, as you say it is, you know, if I believed that people would go to hell, because they don't believe that people were going to go to hell. They don't believe hell, the J-dubs. But he said that if I believed that hell was real, I'd be out there begging people on the street to get right with God right now. Because it's a very serious thing what you are talking about. Are we, going to, are we taking hell seriously? All of eternity... You know, particularly our loved ones. Abigail here was entreating for Nabal, her husband. Are we entreating for the people in our houses? Are we giving them the gospel? Are we praying earnestly that they be saved? Do we care that the bridge is out? Or do we just drive on our way and just go, you'll find out. Hopefully he stops before he goes over the edge. Hopefully he stops before he goes over the edge. Or we stand out there. The story goes that before, before long, there was two fools standing out there, waving their arms for the next car. The guy realised the problem, and he stopped, and he joined in, flagging the next car down, saying, the bridge is out, the bridge is out. He took the warning seriously. He didn't go, oh, there's no way the bridge is out, this guy's crazy, and just drive on and go over the edge. He didn't do that. He took the warning seriously. Do we take the warning seriously? And once we take the warning seriously, once we take the fact that hell is serious, 
Do we join the preacher? Do we join the evangelists saying the bridge is out? Let us, as it were, put off the flesh in our hearts. Let us put off the, the desire for the, for the worldly things in our ears. Let us uh, seek out the old ways and walk therein. And walk therein. Amos 3 3. I don't know how I'm going for time, but anyway, Amos 3 3. I'll try to go and reach quick when I get it finished. Amen. Amos 3 3. Can two walk together except they agree? Can you walk with God except you agree with Him? Can two walk together except they agree? Going back to Jeremiah, and in chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Break up the fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Actually, it says, Break up your fallow ground. Break up your fellow ground. It's not just... Often we talk about breaking up the fellow ground in regards to you go and witness to somebody, but they are hard to the gospel. So you witness to them again, and you break up the fellow ground by giving them the gospel and by talking to them and entreating them and praying for them. You break up their fellow ground. But this says here, break up your fellow ground. Break up your fellow ground. In England... The paddocks used to be full of stones um, in, in many areas, like in the Yorkshire areas. The paddocks were unprofitable and you couldn't graze livestock on them. So what they would do is they would take the stones out of the paddock and they would put them on the sides of the paddock. And they used those stones to build walls or fences to keep the livestock in. And you, you look at pictures of England and you see... Uh, in many places, particularly from like the Yorkshire Dales, the fences built of stone that have been moved from the paddocks. The paddocks were unprofitable, they were hard. But those, for those paddocks to be used, those stones had to be moved. For us to be useful to God, we need to take away the, the things that are making our hearts hard to God. We need to take away the worldly things that harden our hearts to God. Otherwise we cannot be used by God. We cannot feed the sheep of God in a paddock full of rocks. We need to remove the rocks so the grass will grow. Hebrews 3 uh, just yeah, well, you're turning there. Hebrews three. You know, so many people have said to me, well, not so, not so recently, but when I first moved to this church, you know, Kiwis are hard, and it's hard to witness to Kiwis. And that may be true, but before you guys were saved, you guys were hard, just like me. Yeah. Before you were saved, you were just hard like me, and you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have given receive the gospel if it wasn't for the grace of God. And it's the same for everybody else. 
Is it possible that it's not those people that are hard, but us that are hard? Is it our fellow ground that needs to be broken up, not theirs? If we will put off the flesh from our hearts and put the evil things away and put off YouTube and put off those things that are ungodly and seek out the old ways and get right with God, will we find that it was our fellow ground that needed broken up? Were they ready for the taking, but were we not ready to give? The Bible says, how can... You know, how can somebody take a mite out of your brother's eye if you've got a beam in your own eye? You know, you, you can't see clearly. If you've, if you've got something sticking out of your own eye, you can't see clearly to take the speck out of somebody else's eye. It may be that your problem is bigger than their problem. Let us take away the hard things in our hearts that make us unprofitable to God. That doesn't mean that Kiwis aren't hard. That just means we're all hard. All of us are hard, and it's only by the grace of God that we can be saved and through the preaching of the cross. But if we won't preach, you know, how can they... I'll come back to Hebrews in just a minute. This is probably more important. In Romans... Romans 10. How shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, we have a preacher. We have a church full of people that know the word of God. But we're not preaching. We go, it's in the too hard basket. They won't listen to me anyway. I don't speak English as a first language. Might be an excuse. These guys, the Kiwis, they're not like us, you know. I'm not a Filipino, but they're not like us. They're not like you guys. You know, they're hard to the gospel. So what's the point? You know, when you go, I don't know what it's like when you go back home. I don't know what those people are like back there. But the people are really no different here. You guys were hard before you guys got saved. You guys didn't believe until the, the grace of God came upon you to believe. And that's the same with us. But how, how will New Zealand hear without a preacher? Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is very deceitful and tricky. And you may be sitting here you know, and I may have said something that, you know, or the preacher may say something and you think it's funny what they say and you're not listening anymore to the Word of God. 
You're not listening anymore to the word of God. Beware, lest your heart be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in you any evil heart of unbelief. You say that we believe in hell. Maybe we should start acting like it. If people are going to go to hell, let us start acting like it. If hell is actually real, let us go and give people the gospel. How can we let our people, how can we let our families go to hell if we believe hell was real? Lest there be any of you uh, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, encourage each other. We see each other nearly daily, and that's a good thing. Sometimes I'm feeling down, and I just it's really good just to hear the voice of one of the brothers in church speaking. But just to hear the, the voice of somebody from church, and it's comforting, believe it or not. Particularly, you know, living away from home. Exhort one another, encourage each other to be more godly. I want to keep trucking because there's ground I want to cover. Hopefully, hopefully I have time to... Uh, Romans, Romans 1, 4, 14, 18. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the Filipino and the Pakeha, or the Maori. Both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein it is written, the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, it is written, The just shall live by faith, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in righteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it to them. God has showed us these things in the word of God. But we hold the righteousness, uh, we hold the truth in unrighteousness. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 9. And it says here, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed? Thereto, according to thy way, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Can we say that for ourselves? O let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Are we even interested in listening to God's statutes and his standards and the word of God? 
Can we say with David, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With thy lips have I declared all thy judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches I will meditate in thy precepts, and I have respect unto thy ways. I will, I will delight myself in thy statutes. It's a decision in you. I will delight myself in the statutes. I will not forget thy word. It's a decision in us to put off the flesh from our hearts and to delight ourselves in the word of God. Luke six forty two. Luke six forty two. Either how can uh, either how can thou sayest to thy brother brother oh yeah this is this is what I was talking about before brother let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye thou hypocrite cast out first the beam in thine own eye and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Isaiah 59, and I might just have to call it quits before long. How, how are we going for time? Uh, Isaiah 5, huh? 8. Not halfway. Isaiah 59. In verse 1 it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that we will not hear. I wasn't going to go, I'm not going to go into what circumcision itself is. If you want to know, ask your dad. But some people may laugh in, in the analogy, but it's an analogy that was used in the Bible, and you may let that distract you, and then you can't hear what God has for you. Let not your iniquities hide you from God. God's hand is not shortened, and if you will let yourself be used by God, you'll find that God can still save today as he did in the old times. Isaiah 58, and we'll just uh, we'll go to, we'll do a couple in Isaiah that are fairly close together, and then I think we'll call it quits. Isaiah 58, which is just the chapter before, and in verse 1 it says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Once we are right with God, let us therefore preach and lift up our voices like a trumpet, warning of the destruction to come. Isaiah 55, 6 and 9. And this is actually um, 55. 
This might be the last one. See. Seek out the Lord where he, well he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked therefore forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And there was... Um, there was... Um, I don't know whether it was a verse or something. But when we... When we hear the, the Word of God preached, if it is directly from the Word of God, and unquestionably, and you can, you can see it in the Word of God, then take it as from the Lord. Don't worry about what I'm saying. It doesn't really matter what I'm saying. Well, it does. It matters that I don't lead you guys astray. But if you can see it clearly in the Bible, what I'm saying is true, then follow it. You know, don't go, Tim said this, so forget it. His word doesn't mean anything. Well, it doesn't mean anything. My word doesn't mean a lot. You know, I get things wrong. Maybe pastor says something and say, and you, oh, you know, not so, don't, don't really believe that. But if you can read it in the word of God and you say, oh, what what he said is true, and I can see it here in the Bible, I can see it here in the Bible, I can see it here in the Bible, then I think we'd better take it from God. If it is clearly in the Word of God, let us seek out the old paths and walk therein. Don't just hold it and say, look, I've got it. Conform to it. All right, um... So we'll call it quits on that, and it's a bit of a tough, bit of a tough message. Sometimes it is a bit of a tough message, and sometimes we need that. Sometimes um, I certainly do, <laughs> and it goes for me as it goes for me as well. You know, I suffer with this kind of thing all the time with you know with the flesh, and I probably will till I die suffer. You know, fighting the flesh. It's a constant fight. But we need to be reminded to, to walk in the ways of God and we need to exhort each other. And you guys are really, you know, I don't want to beat down on you guys too much but lift you guys up because I look around and there's, there's nobody like this church in New Zealand. You know, people that, well, I don't know what the other, the other fundamental churches is, but from my experience, I say 90% you know, of the population or more. It's not like you guys here that they come, you know, even the, most of the church isn't like you guys. It's, you know, Wednesday night and you guys want to come and you want to be fed by the Word of God and I hope that you don't go home hungry for the Word of God anyway. <laughs> but um, I hope that you guys have been fed. Um, we don't come here to, to beat on you guys and say that you guys are doing a bad job and you guys have to conform and, and be like that, but to, to entreat each other and say, this is the word of God, let us walk therein, let us exhort each other and let us build each other up 
Let us love each other as brothers and sisters and look after each other um, and look out for each other. All right, we'll pray from there. Lord, I pray that uh, you'd be with this church, Lord, for we hunger, Lord, to, to be closer to you, Lord, to draw near to you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would, uh, Lord, behold the word of God um, and be changed, Lord, from glory unto glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Because, Lord, without your Spirit in us, Lord, we cannot be changed from glory to glory. Um, we cannot be changed, Lord, to, um, uh, into the image of Christ without your help, Lord. We need your help. And I pray, Lord, that uh, each one of us would not be like Nabal and say, Who is God? But I pray, Lord, that we'd be like Abigail and we'd entreat for our families, entreat for the people in the church, Lord. It would be such a shame, Lord, for us to go to heaven, Lord, and, and see the people that were sitting right next to us at church for 30 years, you know, go to hell because they didn't believe and because we didn't even care to talk about, to, to talk to them. Uh, Lord, we pray that um, you'd be with us and that you'd make us bold, Lord, that we, that we pray that we'd be able to speak boldly as we ought to speak. And we'd be able to give the gospel, Lord, I'm, I'm not um, anything special. Uh, or not anything. Yes, I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ because I'm a child of God. But compared to these people who are the, in the same situation as me, I'm not special compared to them, Lord. Um, and I pray that you'd use us all mightily in your, in your ministry, Lord, to save people. pray that we would take your word seriously, that there is a hell, Lord. And that uh, we need to do something about it, Lord, and, and take it as if it's real, because it is real. The Bible says uh, that hell is in the centre of the earth, if you study it out, and the volcanic eruption is, uh, is proof that there is a lake of fire beneath our feet. Let us take it seriously. Um, let us love each other and build each other up, Lord, I pray, uh, to be useful. Let us uh, take away the, the things that makes our hearts hard, Lord, and uh, find the old paths in the Word of God, the King James Bible, and walk therein. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.